Hi again, I'm Evan Hodges, this is Fan Fiction is Good Actually, and it turns out that COVID has driven us all to do some bizarre things. Uh, I mean, I decided to do this podcast, so that should serve as a benchmark for bad decisions. Uh, but perhaps the most inexplicable thing I did was befriending two nerds out in New Mexico who hunted me down on Twitter after reading some fanfiction that I had written. Not in a creepy way, I just, I just honestly forgot that I had linked to my Twitter in my bio on that fanfiction site. Anyway, over the course of the last several months, we've developed a real actual human friendship via the internet, and I figured... Who better to extol the virtues of fanfiction than people who are now my friends specifically because of our shared love of fanfiction? This recording session was actually our first time speaking to each other, and it was a hell of a time. Uh, if you want to interact with these denizens of fandom, and I think they're great, personally, obviously, uh, you can find Nora on Twitter as Suitwetter, all one word, Suitwetter. And Elliot on Twitter as Kaiba Liker. That's Kaiba like from Yu-Gi-Oh. Kaiba Liker. Uh, Elliot also sometimes co-hosts Pod of Greed, a podcast about Yu-Gi-Oh, which I have listened to in spite of not ever having watched Yu-Gi-Oh, and I can attest that it's very funny. Uh, follow them on Twitter at Pod of Greed Cast. Now here's the episode. <laughs> Alright, uh, we're on the record now, guys, so can you go ahead and give me your pronouns and whatever you would like to be known as when this is consumable to the public? So your real name or an alias or anything, whatever you want. Whatever you want. Whatever you want the what? internet to know you as. I didn't even think of a good alias, but I'm so <laughs> I'm so online, whatever. Um, I, uh, I am Elliot Valentine, and uh, my pronouns are he, him. Uh, I am Nora. And uh, she, them, and uh, I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really stoked to have you guys. This is going to be probably, hopefully, fingers crossed, my most unhinged episode yet. We'll see how that goes. Uh, I'm counting on it. <laughs> yeah, so the backstory here, a little tiny primer for the backstory is that uh, myself, Nora, and Elliot met on the internet via twitter because of a fan fiction i had written and i have a feeling that over the course of this fan fiction i'm over the, over the course of this fan fiction over the course of this podcast i'm gonna have to reveal some of my more recent history <laughs> with fan fiction which i have not gotten into with any of my prior guests so i'm gonna like accidentally demystify myself as we go but oh God. um am I am I gonna have to am I gonna have to dox myself? <laughs> uh, maybe. We'll see. Yeah. Uh I'll, we'll see we'll see how cringe yours are first and then I'll admit mine. You're and you're doing yourself a disservice because it wasn't one fan fiction of yours that drew us in. It was um it was like at least two. No, it was three. It was three. There were mm. the um the redacted and redacted uh <laughs> I, the, <laughs> That's all I can. That, I, I was I was trying to give any more identifying information uh, without giving it away, but I can't. Uh, yeah, I guess we're just gonna throw the the curtain off the whole thing. Yes. Uh, so I we've all read the Legends of Dritzt books. <laughs> yeah, I have written in the last several years several fan fictions for. The Legend of Drist series. I will not say the name of the fan fictions, and I will not say my right. uh, username on AO3, but I have written several Legend of Drist fan fictions, and for those of you who don't know, Legend of Drist is a D&D novel spin-off series that <laughs> was started... About our good friend Drist. Yeah, that was... It, it, 
started publishing in, I believe it was the late 80s, and it has not stopped. Yes. There's like 30-some books in this series now. I stopped reading long ago. Most of them are bad. Uh, and I entered into the world in the same year. Artemis and Trary is older than I am. He's, oh. I think he's younger, actually. Whatever. Okay, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, it doesn't. We give Bobbert no credit um, to our, our particular passion. But uh, but yeah, I, I really, really liked your fic. And um, you, were, you were kind enough to link your Twitter. Uh, and that's, and then we found you. And then, no, actually. No, here's, here's what happened. <laughs> so now Nora, Nora did not know how to approach you. And she, uh, she's a real, like, when she sets her mind to something, she'll do it. But it's going to take, um, like, two years and, like, 150 separate steps to do it. So while she was agonizing and agonizing about the best way to, like, get in touch with you and be like, hey, I really like your fic. Um, I just added you on Twitter and said, uh, and said, hey, I made this, uh, I made this picture for Nora because she wouldn't shut the fuck up about this dude's fan fiction now yeah you just you just added me like, I did, yeah i just you, added you, you a complete you added added me in, out of in the blue a meme that you made yes which um, i don't remember i don't remember what the content you don't was. i like do I'm, not i i think it i think the first one was the the good place meme of uh what is the what is the guy's name oh jason the one or Jacob. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, yes, yeah. Jamila Jamil's uh character's soulmate, that one. Yeah. Where yeah, he's yeah, got yeah. a poster and he's like, We're really in it now. And oh, you Oh Jarlaxel, yeah. we're really in it now. That's right. Oh my god. Oh Jarlaxel, we're really in it now. Yeah. That was the first meme that you sent me. That's true. That was how you uh Got me. You lured me in with memes. You wooed me with memes. And then, and then we litmus tested you with the second one, which was um, during one unhinged night of Elliot, be Elliot being here and me wanting to explain who these characters are without him having to um, read these these books. Yeah, I lied um, when I said we'd all read the books. I have not read these books, right. um, which is the funny, which is the funniest possible like way to get into this fandom. I had uh, I had I drawn a flowchart of the different characters that I found important. So that would be Dritz, Artemis, Darlaxel, Camuriel, Zachnafame. I don't even I think Dr I don't even think Dritz was on the list. He, he was. He was on the mix. I don't know. Yeah, Dritz is a footnote, really. Dritz is the um, least interesting character. And so I drew this insane flowchart, which Elliot edited into a Pepe Sylvia meme as the backboard. <laughs> um, and then, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, um, I'd forgotten about that. I think it's on our fridge right now. It really should be framed. It was a, it was a, an integral moment. Graphic design is my passion. It was, it was art, guys. It was mm, chef oh, kiss. Very thank good. Thank you. Uh, what did you think of that, if you remember? Uh, I was genuinely very flattered because this is one of the few times that a fanfiction I have written has been acknowledged by anyone outside of AO3. No. Or fanfiction.net in the olden days. Oh, I didn't, yeah. I never told you guys this, I don't think, but and I don't think I've mentioned it on the podcast either, but mm -hmm. in college, I encountered someone who had read one of my Yu Yu Hakusho no, no. fan fictions yeah. in person, randomly, not even at a con or anything, just at my college. They, so I don't scary. know. We were out at dinner. It was like the second week of my freshman year of college or something like that. And I have no idea how this came up in conversation, but we sussed out that this guy had read this and I want to be clear. I wrote this when I was 17. I had not had sex at the time. It was a oh, sexual yeah? fan fiction. That's the way. Yeah. That's yes. how you do it. Yeah. That's uh, how you learn. You must. Yeah, I guess for better or worse. Um, but yeah, so this this guy who was like sort of in my new nebulous friend group that I had begun to form at college was like, oh, I've I've definitely read that fan fiction. And I confessed that I had written that fan fiction 
And uh, everyone at the table kind of like lost their minds for a little bit. That was the other before this, before you guys, that was the other most memorable recognition of a fan fiction that I had written. That's my worst nightmare. I had a a friend in high school who would ask me to like proofread her Yu Yu Hakusho fan fiction for her. And and I would. And it was it was sexual. it? It was sexual. It wasn't good. I I this is a this is a positive podcast. We don't make fun of fan fiction here. So this it, it, it is a positive podcast. Look, I I reiterate we were all in high school, so it's just yeah. like you know you learn, you, like you, learn it, you yeah. learn and grow, but your your uh, uh erotic EA Karama fan fiction is not really going to come out like it is in your head on paper when you're no. when you're 17. No. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This is this is tangential to the questions that we're going to get into, but I did just sort of unlock a hidden memory of between middle school and high school, I was friends with a, with a gal um, and we loved Lord of the Rings and we watched the Fellowship of the Ring every day after school and then like every day all summer. And um, we were really into like reading Lord of the Rings. I, I learned how to read on an illustrated Hobbit book and, uh, and she started writing fan fiction, which I was not really familiar with. And she wrote us into the rich world of the Fellowship of the Ring, but more specifically, she wrote my mother. <laughs> my mother in a sexually explicit romance with Jesus. Elf. Whoa. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> now, but Whoa. Nora, Nora's mother. Was... Nora's Nora's mother is a very beautiful woman. Yeah, my mom is super hot. But that's not. Um, that's that, obviously that not really the issue seems... here. Yeah, that seems immaterial to the issue at hand, which is that your friend wrote your mom in a sexual relationship. You're, with you're Elrond. Yeah. yeah. Oh, how do you feel that Elrond has known your mother carnally? I'm fine with it. I think she'd have a good time. I think he'd have a good time. And if he was my actual dad, that would explain where the eyebrows came from. You think about it. It really would. Yeah. Um, so she gave me a floppy with all this fan fiction on it. We went to high school and, and we became interested in different things. And later on, she became a priest. So I have this wow. floppy I don't really know what to do with. But I, I do wish her all the best. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. good for her, I guess. Good for your mom. Uh, yeah. But I was... I was about to croon a little bit and be like, oh, baby's first self-insert OC, baby's first uh, self-insert fan fiction. And then the thing about your mom. Dropped, yeah. And then the bomb just, about. Yeah. I need a bumper sticker that just says my other OC is your mom. Um, which there was, that's I was a, thinking of that comic that's like, what's wrong, Nora? You look really sweaty. <laughs> Elrond fucked my mom. <laughs> my other OC is your mom is a bad joke out of context, but in yes. context, it is so loaded. There's so many layers. Yeah. 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 It's um, like, it would really, if I saw that, like on a car I passed on the highway, that would be the rest of my day. <laughs> I'd be thinking about that. I simply must, I, you must make it on the cry cut for me, please. Yeah. To decorate my dead HHR. Um, I think so you, that, you guys have said you've been to like conventions, like sci-fi or, sci-fi or anime conventions, right? We have never been to the same convention. I have, I've Oops. only been to one. Nora is the expert. I used to go okay, to a lot but, of the, the Northwest um, science fiction and writing conventions. What I was about to get at is you've seen the cars that park in the parking lots at the anime slash sci-fi slash pop culture conventions, right? This is exactly the sort of thing that my other OC is your mom would would be would fit into the category of the cars with the anime bumper stickers and stuff that are at the conventions. Yeah. Hey, do you want to make a killing at Oricon this year? Oh, oh! Just use our vinyl cutter machine to yeah. make a bunch of like just, big anime titty bumper stickers. Yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah, I do. This is, yeah. Okay. Actually, you know what, Evan? You've just inspired a road trip. Thank you. Do it. Um, <laughs> We're hanging up the call now. <laughs> uh, anyway, that was that was I think my first experience with fan fiction and what fan fiction had to offer, and I did not dip my toes back into that pool till college. Um, Rightfully so. <laughs> Yeah, that may have been for the best. I, so, of course, a lot of people, like we were saying, learn about sexuality through fan fiction. And I think that in some ways is good and in some ways is maybe not ideal. Mm-hmm. But yeah. 
Elliot, what about what about you? Yeah, I had a lot of incorrect um, information about like male anatomy (laughs) Mm, (laughs) through through my early ventures into fan fiction. um, I I, I've been perpetually logged on um, since I was a literal like toddler. I um uh. Your dad used to hold you up. Yeah, my dad used to hold me up and like show me stuff on the computer and stuff. I learned to read from like an on from like a CD-ROM like like Richard Scary learned to read <laughs> program. Um and so uh, as a result as a uh young person in like late elementary school, middle school, I spent a lot of time after my parents went to bed sneaking onto the family computer to like just see what was up. Um I re- I read and wrote a lot of anime fan fiction. Just your typical like whatever was in Shonen Jump, which I was subscribed to. Uh Naruto, Prince of Tennis, Bleach. Uh, I have definitely read plenty of Naruto fan fiction in my day. Oh, the mwah. first the first Mpreg fan fiction I ever encountered was a Naruto fan fiction for those of you, you anyone listening to this podcast probably knows enough know what mpreg stands for but it's male pregnancy yeah and like fiction and you can probably i mean look you can probably tell from my voice i'm not i'm not a i'm not a cis guy i'm a i'm a trans guy i don't Um, think we have a single cis on this no i don't think so and now now, for those who aren't like initiated into this dark sector of the web um Empire has a whole separate biology. Like it? it is. I, I mean, like I, it varies wildly, but it's never like oh, they're trans. <laughs> like yeah. that's why they're Empire. I did not really realize until I was an adult how troubling it was that Empire existed as a genre and has its own. Every fandom that has a lot of Empire fan fiction has its own kind of, like, rules about how it works and how it fits into the universe, and yeah. none of them are trans people exist. Yeah, no, never, Never has not. the rationale for Mpreg been trans people exist. I think maybe recently. I think so. I've seen yeah. I've seen a handful, like, now that I still don't really care to read because it's just, like, that's not, uh, I mean, that's not personally my bag, but I'm like, oh, okay, we're learning. Uh, yeah, so that's good. I would say there's certainly uh, I'm sort of uh, like yucked out by the concept of pregnancy now as an adult human person. Yeah, I mean, same. But I think it's I think it's pretty sick. It's not for me, but I think it's like fucking rad. But I completely (laughs) respect the, the yuck of others. Yeah, but I do think that it's good that those sort of avenues of exploration exist for people to, you know. Explore yeah, I mean, that do, concept for yeah, people to do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, so uh, I I'm curious what what do every like every trope that becomes common enough to have to like have a special set of acronyms or like be um, I don't know be like recognized outside of its like tiny in group. It may be in a federal court of law <laughs> or in a federal court of like uh, it's it's doing something for somebody. And while um. I don't get grossed out very easy. I'm really, really curious about what it's like, what is it providing for people and what do they not have or what is it that they are, they would like more of. And I don't know, but that's, I didn't, I didn't learn about MPREG or like ABO or like any of the other acronyms until I, I started archiving for kink memes. And then I had to gently like throw into the live journal ether. Could somebody explain the following terms for me today? Here's what I've got. You could spend you could spend six hours telling me about ABO and I would still walk away with exactly as much information as I have now about it. It. I don't I. I figured it out mostly from context clues and I I I can't believe they're not werewolves. Uh, dear listener, I will not explain ABO to you on this podcast. I might. I, I'm exploring doing some sort of mini episodes where I Please dive shut. deep into a concept and just explain, like I script it and like talk about like this is where this came from and this. Is oh what my god! Let me do one. Let, bring me on for ship names, and I can tell you about, <laughs> all about the wild ass like Pokemon and Yu Gi Oh ship names. Bring me on for the uh, the origins of alien biology in the Mass Effect fandom. 
Um, Ooh, I, uh, we could do a whole episode. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. Nora can do. Nora could do a whole podcast about Mass Effect lore. I will. I will tap you for that. We'll. We'll see. We'll see when that comes around the bend. But anyway, maybe I will explain AVO in its own like side panel, its own sidebar asterisk later. But if you don't know what AVO is, just know that the- it's not werewolves. It's not werewolves. And also watch the Lindsay Ellis YouTube video on the the the, the fan fiction lawsuit of late. It's so good. It's fascinating. It's a great video. Lindsay Ellis is a great creator and it uh it explains the things that you need to know to understand that lawsuit as it relates to ABO. But yeah, that is something Extremely sexual side, which is yeah, very yeah, funny. yes. Sorry, just real quick about the Lindsay Ellis video. Um, this uh, the person involved in the lawsuit claims to have invented straight people ABO. Yeah, that's the that's the crux of that particular argument. Which yeah, is just like rules. Um, yeah, I I don't understand. There's and I think Lindsay Ellis points this out, but there's kind of no point in it being heterosexual because then you've just returned to like trad wife shit basically yeah, exactly exactly oh my god yeah. time is you just circled circle. you just circled back around to bodice rippers is all you've done when you're yeah. abo heterosexual um you're you're exactly right mm-hmm anyway. I, I genuinely don't know this and i know we're not going to go any further into into abo but it's like the i don't know what a sigma male is i did see many great memes popping by um is that outside of the realm of abo is that like a is that like one of the it, social it, it's so funny of because the- all of that shit could either be like new abo lore or it could be like a new business seminar just dropped either way and- we're too old <laughs> yeah it's just we are now too old there's there's some kind of weird warped version of Poe's law that applies here, where it's like, is this a fan fiction thing? Is this a, a parody of a fan fiction thing, or is this totally unrelated to fan fiction and we're projecting fan fiction concepts onto it? Who knows? Um, it's impossible to say. <laughs> art elicits a reaction in in those who experience the art. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that ABO I figured out through context clues. So many things, so many tropes I figured out through context clues when I was a teeny wee baby uh, on the internet, by which I mean 14 or 15. I had to figure out what lemon was, like the whole citrus scale. Yeah, oh re- re- you remember, guys were... remember lemons and limes? Yeah. I never, um, never quite into contentious definition of grapefruit, which again, I, I didn't participate in fan fiction until I was in college. So this was all what the fuck? I've never heard grapefruit. Yeah, grape grapefruit arguably doesn't exist. I looked this up recently because I had to know if my understanding of that scale as a child was correct. I'm definitely going to do like a mini episode on this, you but yeah, does, hardly anybody uses grapefruit and what exactly it means is extremely uh, contentious. What isn't contentious uh, in, in fandom when, once a label has been created to sort of specifically own it? What isn't yeah. contentious in fandom period? <laughs> that's a great, that's a great point. Um, yeah. For anybody who's totally lost, the citrus scale was a way of uh, using code words to give your fan fiction like an explicitness rating back in the day. So I, ha- I have to question how effective it was if a 15 year old could suss it out from context. But if something was sexually explicit, you'd tag it with the word lemon so that the bots wouldn't get you. Right. And it just meant what, like, at least when I was reading fan fiction, it just meant whatever. Yeah. Like it, it could, you could, it could be like a T-rated fade to black sex scene, or it could be like your dick and balls are out, and like <laughs> depending on who it is, you just tag it as lemon. Your whole dick out. Um, your whole dick out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, this was never like an official scale, which is why it's good that we have things like Ao3 now. Where we have parameters, we have official tagging systems, they have a a detailed sort of framework for how to tag and categorize your shit now. 
good. Uh, we we came up in dark times, guys. Boy, Can did we, we. I mean, the, the dark times is how Elliot and I uh, became friends. Um, so in the... Yeah, uh, speaking of dark times, Tumblr. <laughs> uh, so in the middle of... Um, so like from 2009 on, I ran a, like a science blog. And like I didn't... I had not really interact with anybody online. Um, like in conversationally, I just like used the internet as an extensive research tool. Um, and, uh, I was working, um, I was, I was working in the North room of the Grand Canyon in a tiny little cabin and I couldn't sleep. And so I had downloaded like the Dragon Age Wikipedia and stuff to like make edits for, for people since I just happened to devour information. Um, and at some point I was like, I wonder if anybody has written a fan fiction, as they call them, about <laughs> Sten, my favorite character, the one most people blow past and leave to die. Yeah, I blew past that first town so fast that I never even saw Sten. <laughs> and um, in in two months, while doing you know the research out in the North Rim, I would go into town to get a signal or climb up a fire tower, and then I would I would download what I needed. Um, I I started moderating all of these kink memes, and and then like. Still not really interact people. Um, just like learning, like what what kind of fan things were out there and how people interacted with each other it, through the specific lens of the 2010 kink meme, which is just a just a snapshot in time. Ao3 wasn't out yet, and so archiving was a miserable process. Um, and your 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 live your kink meme live journal was only as accessible as your archivist made it. Um, I can't imagine the work that they're doing over at AO3. I don't, I don't know how they do it, but it's incredible that it's all there and it's so easy to search through and find. And it doesn't require four hours of night of some archivist just in the Grand Canyon, standing up on a radio tower. Yeah, standing yeah. up on yeah. a fire tower. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Nora. Um. Uh. And uh. Um. Through through Tumblr, I, I kind of switched from the science blog to um more like Dragon Age and Mass Effect. Um, and Fallout. And Fallout. Now, I joined Tumblr my freshman, the, at the very end of my freshman year of college, it was finals week, and I was just, like, in such despair. Um, but there were two things that I really, really liked, and they were Fallout New Vegas, and they were the television program Glee. Mm. Mm. And uh, feature. Uh, yeah, and that is what I got on uh, Tumblr to, like, talk to other people about this is very duality of man. Yes. It, it really, yeah. it, it really, honestly. Yeah. So that, and that's how Nora and I, yeah. like, I don't even remember the specifics. I, I think I didn't really know how to use Tumblr and I didn't know that you like, I, I mean, I didn't know that most people didn't usually just like comment on like random people's text posts and just be like, hi, which <laughs> <What's> <laughs> I also did. So we became friends. Yeah. Um, I think we, I think we liked, um, I think we like some some fan fiction. Although I will say, the Fallout fandom experienced a strange sort of implosion. It is a place. Uh, this is not a place of honor. Uh, maybe mm. it's now. I know it's very different after four and seventy six, which I I didn't really play. But yeah, we're we'll we'll try to keep it light. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we you know we still stayed friends even after we migrated to other things. Yeah. Do you, Do you remember now? It, I I won't dwell on this, but. Evan, you play Bioware games. Mm. I play Dragon Age Inquisition specifically and part of Dragon Age 2. I keep meaning to circle back around to Dragon Age 2, but the the whole reason I got into Dragon Age is because the dude I was dating at the time was a video game player. I have never really been in my I did not have video games growing up. Mm. Uh, they existed. I, I just was not in a household <laughs> that had video games. So I was never sort of rolled into this cultural phenomenon, but the dude I was dating when Dragon Age Inquisition came out got Dragon Age Inquisition. I was sort of watching it over the back of the sofa as he was playing, mm -hmm. and, and uh, Dorian, Dorian Pavis appeared on the screen and yeah. began delivering dialogue and i was like who is this mustache man and how can i know him carnally <laughs> so <laughs> literally, that, that dragon was... age, literally dragon age inquisition i like played as a guy and romanced dorian and i was like this probably doesn't say anything about like my own gender or sexuality I, like this I, is probably, definitely not this yeah. is normal um I, that was all to say remember straight dorian mod 
Oh, okay. oh yeah, I have. Uh, uh, they were big, doing, they were... I have big issues with the straight Dorian. Oh plot. yeah, oh yeah, yes. obviously. Oh. Although mm-hmm. that was that was all just to say they were doing it ten years ago in Fallout New Vegas with um, Arcade mm. Cannon. So yeah, they. I uh, that's all. That's all I really remember about the New Vegas like I, kink memes. I will say this uh, as an ending note for the for the fall old old Fallout is I looked up some of the power players who were especially unkind in the olden days. And all I saw was a, my back hurts, seven notes over the past two weeks. And I just really, you know, every, every person who's ever intimidated you online. Their, their hairline will eventually grow. And their hairline. And, and they're, they're just people with sore joints in 10 years. Give it time. They have no power. Um, But, but Tumblr was a rowdy place. 10 years ago for fandom it was it was mm-hmm. before it was before the great sort of cynical term. it was before dashcon it was before dashcon yeah that's probably the what was that 20 that wasn't 2014 was it fuck if i know anyway it was it was that earlier time but but it was a very optimistic place where people just shared the stuff they were passionate about people made really good edits um the term cringe was not as prevalent as it no. is today. It was it was like it was really a place of very honest enthusiasm that is sometimes retroactively really embarrassing, but um I still exchange Christmas cards with some like uh some screenshot editors like who would just do like really artsy Mass Effect um things and then would use Flycam to take more pictures of quarians from Mass Effect for me <laughs> because there was so little content for me. That's so funny. That's, um, that's so wholesome. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, uh, and then, and there's, oh man, speaking of, speaking of fandom stuff from that time, uh, we, we were managed to uncover something completely lost to time. Um, end of Mass Effect 3, people were really angry. That's 2012. Um, there's a character named Thane that, that, uh, had a terminal illness who died. And, um, the, he was a romanceable character. So the people who wanted to romance him were, many of them were very upset. And, uh, um. I, at the time, ran a Thane uh, role-playing blog, which I quickly became disenchanted with because all people wanted to do was work out their dad issues mm. with me or their, like, dad-boyfriend issues with me. It was it was a very strange that's, place to be. But uh, anyway. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> the <Thane laughs> what we need to talk about is the Thane quilt. <laughs> it's, it's a banner. Yeah, I know, I know, but so, Thane quilt is funnier. So I had this faint memory that the Thane... Mansers, as they called themselves. They might have had an actual, maybe like Siha sisters, because Siha was a nickname. Anyway, they um, they each did a piece of art of their OC, which was all photoshopped into this giant silk or cloth banner, which was sent to Bioware, begging them to mod Thane back into the game alive. The game had a pet cemetery. The game had a lot of problems, mind you. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that was the first of its problems, but it was. It was the most proactive thing I saw happen at that time. Um, but it was with the Bioware forums, which along with all of the commentary going back to like Jade Empire and KOTOR 1 and 2 uh, was lost after Mass Effect 3. Bioware deleted it. And with that went all of these connections that all of these people had through the Bioware forums. Somebody there gave me all of Sten's audio files. I never met them. That's so funny. Um, you, ever get, you ever get so mad that you just delete like your company history from the past 20 years <laughs> social like the fans were so impassioned in in mostly anger i understand why um that it became un, unmanageable and they deleted this enormous community and thousands and thousands of pages of of fan communication and art um and with it went the the thane uh, the Thane banner. But. Which Nora rem- remembered as a quilt, which is the funniest which detail of the story actually, to me. That would be so I I was, because she kept describing it to me and I kept, like, really in my head I had pictured, like each square. I had, like, so, yeah, so each person like quilting a square of, like I don't know, like a, a picture of Thane or, like, a picture, like a like, embroidered a quote from Thane on it, and it was so funny. Uh, but we so this is, I'm trying to like conjure this in my brain. This was like a fabric printed yes. banner, right? But uh, it's not like quilted together, but not right. like a t-shirt quilt. Okay, I gotcha. a fabric printed banner of maybe more than a hundred, maybe a couple hundred um, shepherds, mostly gal shepherds, 
And uh, because Thane was only romanceable if you were a girl, uh, first mm. of all, we I cannot begin to go into. So in Mass Effect, there are all of these romances that are that are headlocked, but the audio and the data files are in there that so that if you just unlock a couple of things and like your computer like hack it, you can you can have the gay romance of your heart. Uh, just a uh, big old fuck you. It's not even making it into the remaster. I digress. So this this like four by six banner or whatever was sent to Bioware. And it is remembered only on one DeviantArt page that working together, we were able to unearth and see um, a person in a very cute shepherd cosplay holding that a you knew. Proudly. Perhaps I did. I dare May, say. Mayhaps. Say names. <laughs> oh, right, 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 right. That's right. I remember a lot of the Thainsters. Um, we have nothing but I'm saluting. We have nothing but respect for the Thainsters in this house. I don't want them mad at me. We are looking, we are looking respectfully. Uh, absolutely. Uh, so that's when I read like a lot of fan fiction was and wrote stuff was around that time and made a whole bunch of lifelong friends. And then after Mass Effect 3, you know, the people became very bitter. I understand why. And then Tumblr became very strange and a very hostile place to be. And you know what started it? Homestuck. And I will hand the baton to you, my friend. I don't know that I don't uh is this just gonna become like history of Tumblr? It doesn't have to be history of Tumblr, history of our experience. Oh this yeah, is, okay. this is pertinent. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about okay. your experience with Homestuck on Tumblr. So in 2013, I started reading Homestuck because I had seen a picture, I had seen an image from Act Six, which is really fucking far into Homestuck for those who don't know. It is like it's long, 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 long. Um, it it had more words than the Bible at that point. Mm. Uh, from the image I saw of Dirk Strider and Jake uh, Jake English kissing Dirk Strider's severed head in front of an erupting volcano, and I thought, you know what? I gotta see what this shit is about. This one's for me. I was like, I have I, I have no vines into this. I have no. I have never read Homestuck. I tried to get into it. I read like a a, a small section at the very very beginning, and then was just like, mm, this isn't for me. Yeah. So uh, yeah, what I I I'm. I'm I'm desperate to understand what you are talking about right now. And Evan, you and I are the supportive but confused parents at this uh, uh, at this meeting because yeah. I, I also yeah do not go. So I oh boy, I never really wrote fic for Homestuck. I did like I did like photo edits and like text posts and memes and and shit, and a couple of them got uh, a bunch of notes, which was weird. Uh, I. Yeah, I think Tumblr became like a weird place in part because of the Homestucks. It was, I think it was hostile from multiple directions. Um, I think it was everybody, because everybody blamed Homestucks for wrecking Tumblr and everybody who was already right. And everybody who was Homestuck was blaming like Sherlock and Supernatural for everything Uh, going tits up. I would posit that the decline of the social order on Tumblr was a massive combination of factors, all of which stemmed in part from Tumblr being completely unmoderated in any right. way. Tumblr was yeah. interesting in that it sort of allowed these fan communities to flourish and to build their own cultural in-groups and to create their own expectations. There was no censorship of any kind on tumblr there was no real moderation yeah as, as we know because uh obviously like obviously last year tumblr was fucking shut down because there was too much they they were simply like well we can't do anything about all this child porn so they yeah. they, they so they didn't shut down but, yeah we don't know. have the manpower to get rid of the child pornography which was apparently on there so they just got rid of anything that could be perceived as explicit rather now uh, my old blog was locked because of this and it told me to review the posts Mm -hmm. that were marked as not safe for work the posts were as follows there was a picture of a young woman's hand that had pink heart-shaped fake acrylics on okay Mm -hmm. there was a picture um of a large life-sized snorlax like beanbag chair okay and there was that 
picture of the rock from like 25 years ago where he pack. yeah with the fanny pack where he's leaning on that staircase yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and i just thought you know it's not worth it, I, it that's just staying gone uh i had a similar experience where i think it i think it like flags just anything that was sort of flesh toned yes i think that must be it do you remember the god yeah the image of jeff goldblum where if you cropped it a certain way he looked like a centaur (laughs) (laughs) um i had that i had that reblogged at one point and it flagged that great it had a a Photo of me with sunglasses on, just like a selfie. I had all my clothes on, but um, it flagged that for some reason. I don't remember the other things that it flagged, but yeah, anything with like a human being with a lot of sort of like flesh toned area, it was just like, this is explicit. Got to take this down. Yeah, so. I I will hand it to Tumblr for this. They did have me dead by rights because I did have very horny blogs. You had a, a. Yeah. My handle used to be a nickname for opening something in public and and seeing seeing what I would say artistic artistic n- nudes. Yeah, I used to I used to open Nora's blog like in in college and I would just like see I just open it up. I sat like the you know, I sat like directly in the middle of my classrooms usually and so just like is this a dick face? I don't know what dick face is. Oh, dig face. Yeah, yeah. And I would just see it open up and see an artistic black and white picture of a rose sticking out of a man's urethra. Oh, it was yeah, it was very aesthetic. And and let me say this. So what early Tumblr did for fandoms was allowed a kind of cross pollination. that I don't think you'd get anywhere else. So like, while my main interest was like Warians and like I used a face claim uh of clint eastwood and so I, had, I had like clint eastwood blogs that loved westerns and like specialized in digging up clint eastwood photos they would like send me stuff and like again while i was working out in the field i'd climb up to the fire towers in the mornings before work so i could find out like the new pictures for the peter o'toole blog which is another <laughs> face claim which got me into the old hollywood fandom friends and so i had those and i had like old sci-fi music um like fandom and uh uh i mean like there wasn't a lot of early there wasn't a lot of like non non white non twinky like porn out there at the time like gay stuff and uh so these independent and like artsy uh blocks like hypnopompia and i ended up becoming mutuals because of our like love of aesthetic form it was it was so cool to wake up and see the cross-section of people what they were doing and what was exciting to them at the time and how that would feed into my own interests i would say it's the most omnivorous that i've ever had like what i was reading and seeing every day god mutuals is a word i haven't heard in a minute yeah is that a thing that's exclusive to Tumblr? I swear I've heard people use that on Twitter, but maybe I, I'm projecting. I, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, yeah, I guess, I guess so. I guess I just like have always associated it like first and foremost with with Tumblr. But I think I very think under, I think very understandable. I think it is Twitter also. But, yeah, uh, I am of the opinion that people have a right to be. People have a right to have access to adult material in the same way that they have a right to not see adult material if they don't want to yes. see it. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of value to having places online where people can safely share, like, artistic nudes or also porn fan fiction. Like, if they want to consume yeah. that, th- adults have a right to do that and should be allowed to in spaces where... That's well moderated and things like that. Tumblr was not the ideal location (laughs) for that. It really wasn't. Yeah, but I think lacking lacking other communities online where that was possible, Tumblr kind of filled that space. And it became very linear, didn't it? Where Mm. uh, what you would see would be filtered through the specific set of people you followed and who they followed, whereas like in a forum, you might be having a, a more like 
uh, branched conversation. There are more voices in the room and nobody's necessarily louder. And um, some are very loud. And, and that honestly drove me out of participating in any fandom for several years. It wasn't until uh, the pandemic when Elliot came out and moved in with me and I couldn't stop um, looking at bad things happening and Elliot told me that I should just go read some goddamn I, I told her I she <laughs> no because it wasn't bad it was bad enough that she was reading the news every day she was reading it out loud to me even after I would like ask her to stop it's compulsive but I am sorry um and so I'd be like you have to like you have to read something else like you you just have to I'm not gonna do this anymore like read some fucking fan fiction and she's like what do like what would I even read fan fiction about? And I'm like I don't know. Like you read a fucking ton of books. Like pick one of your books. Uh, and I chose, of course, the best book I could think of. Tongue in cheek. Um, I thought about looking at the uh, Forgotten Realms stuff because I didn't have any any association with the Forgotten Realms anymore. Um, and I was like, all right, let's find some Jarlaxle content, shall we? Um, for for those of you who have never touched these books and don't intend to, uh, I'm saluting. Uh, he's uh, he's like a, a flamboyant big hat kind of a piratey type guy i i don't even know if i need to go into it any more than that but uh uh he's Zevran dragon age i wasn't expecting to find anything and i found some really compelling stuff and uh i found i found your stuff first which i really 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 liked and i um i had gone back to school and gotten uh an english major uh in creative writing and i had volunteered to run so many workshops and i read, read quite a lot of stuff that was like you know, people's people's first shot and and people's darlings. And it was so fun to read something that was like effortless and like passionate and, and interesting and like clearly thought about it. And I, I that's what I felt your work was. I, I really liked it. So I wanted to find out who was behind it because I'm still weirdly old and enjoy doing that. Kaya. Enjoy finding out who the people are. Um, so, yeah. And then we found you. That's not, that's such a nice thing to say, Nora. That warms my little heart. I'm worried now that people are going to think that this is purely a, like a self-serving episode where I'm like, let me get these wackos from the internet on to talk about how great I am. But um, no, I just you like, I really... So, we signed a waiver and you're sending us a bunch of uh, shark's teeth. Um, <laughs> there's a trial bite in the mix, so... Uh. Yeah, now we've started uh, trading trading fossils. I am going to send you shark's teeth, by the way. I hell yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, so no, it was it was it was nice of you to bring us on because we have been um, in quarantine out in the desert alone with nobody but each other for company, and I'm <laughs> uh, always one second away from throwing myself into the canyon. I love you so much, and. I see that this is happening, and it is pretty funny to watch, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, my, well, my end of this experience was yes. that some some randos reached out to. Well, they started posting memes on Twitter, and uh, I also I was on Tumblr in my teens and early twenties, late teens and early twenties. I was involved in if you can call it that, the Legend of Drist fandom on Tumblr, briefly. Oh, God, It was yeah. not a good fandom to be in. It was very, it's it was very still, small. Uh, spoiler alert, oh, it's God. still not, but oh. go on. Yeah. <laughs> it was a very small <laughs> insular group. It wasn't a great community, but I had a weird attachment to these books. I had a weird, like, emotional yeah. link to them for some yes. reason. Yeah, so... They're not good is the thing. They're yeah, not, they're not good. They're not. There's something about these specific relationships that are so intriguing. And you nailed it. You, you did a really compelling job. You know, you know. Stop complimenting me, Nora. Stop it. This is not a podcast about complimenting Evan. I'm 2,000 miles away. <laughs> Try and catch these hands. Uh, <laughs> She's got huge hands and catch them very easily. <laughs> um, no, 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 I think this ties into, okay, this ties into, into what makes fandom compelling, is uh, there is a loneliness to, to reading a book or consuming media by yourself, seeing something on the page that isn't actually on the page, reading between the lines, and to see somebody else also see that is, in a way, being, what well, recognition of self through the other, whatever the joke is. <laughs> Jesus but, like, it's, it, it is, it makes the world less lonely. And it makes it makes the world more interesting. And um, these books are bad. 
It's actually galaxy brained of us to write about Drillaxel and Artemis yes, fucking. It is. <laughs> it is. It's, have, actually, it's actually insanely intellectual of us. I have pointed out before that there have been many, many, many occasions when the what the fans have gotten out of a work is so much bigger and better than the work itself. This is not a yes. unique experience in any way. Uh, in a lot of cases, the thing just ain't that deep. And uh, yeah. the things that people project onto it is much more interesting. Oh, yeah. Can I take a group temperature really quick on, um, on, on what it's like to genuinely the canon... You know, if if canon often matters to many people in in a specific fandom, when the canon is so bad and self-contradictory and genuinely unreadable, like Bobbert Salvo's latest books, um, which Amazon issued a full refund on a digital order. uh, Shocking. First time for me. The books were were so bad for me. But but like there's something in there that is compelling enough for us to reach out and to form these relationships and to put the time into making this this stuff, this art. Like, what is it? Weird, right? Yeah. I, oh boy. I have posited on the internet in the communities that care about this sort of thing Mm -hmm. that uh, Bob Salvatore, Ari Salvatore, Robert Salvatore is the guy who writes the the Legend of Drist books. He very clearly has a, like, ghostwriter at this point who is helping him write yeah. the, the later ones. Oh, it's, yeah. very, it's very clear when it switches between the right. Anyway, um, I have posited before that he creates interesting characters, but he does it seemingly entirely by accident by because accident. he fails. Exactly he fails to focus on the thing about them that makes them interesting and focuses on some aspect of their character that is deeply boring. So you see sort of, uh, like, flashes of something deeper there. He Mm -hmm. drops these hints that are, I think, to him, just meaningless filler, but to anyone who has more emotional intelligence than him, hint at something much more complex going on with that character. Yes. And he then never gets into it. The accidental homoeroticism that straight men write in fantasy is just really something. Blunder into it's, it's so and good. It's just mwah. The, the the kind of fiction that I like to read is a lot of mid century science fiction, and then and then some mid century um, fantasy. I, I I think that it's it's cool that there's different dynamics, and I, I like that sort of older golden age of, of sci fi and space opera stuff. But there is something about straight dudes just blundering into homoromanticism, into tenderness with less intention than Beowulf. Like, how does it happen and why is it such a specific thing to like fant- like churned out fantasy novels? Uh, I think it's because it's something that like cishet men are not allowed to acknowledge and so they oh. don't recognize it when they're seeing it. They've never... Yeah. Society has taught men to be so, af- first of all, so afraid of intimacy. Second of all, so afraid of uh, being perceived as effeminate in any way. And uh, d- this just all crystallizes into a a sort of naivete about yeah. relationships with other men. And a, a sad, sad, sad outline of what they think relationships with women must be or worse could ideally be so depressing yeah so when men do have healthy emotional relationships with other men or when they imagine healthy relationships with other men they are really kind of blundering through it if they have never challenged their perception of their relationships with other men before and so it kind of gets entangled with like their emotional relationships with women, but then it also gets entangled with their inability to express themselves emotionally. And they accidentally create this like miasma of homoeroticism or at least like homoromanticism. Yes. Yeah. So, which is all to say, I think. I, I uh, agree completely. Yeah. 
Which is all to say, I think Bob Salvatore has uh, accidentally created deeply interesting characters because of uh, his failure to recognize the complexity of relationships between men. And he's and it's never going to get better. And that's that's another difficult thing to be a fan of is a work that was never great in the first place. It's not only never going to get better, it's going to be impossible to read. It will it will degenerate to a point where it is it is unreadable, which is kind of where I was sitting with the last book. So uh, which uh, we three were in chat and I started screen capping interesting parts out of context and that didn't last particularly long. Yeah, uh, but but I still love. We still we commissioned art. Tell tell me about the art. Oh my it's god, very good art. Yeah, we commissioned um uh somebody also also named Elliot with one T instead of two T's. Uh, the, you can find them on Twitter at the Nothing Maker, and we commissioned um. There's no art of Artemis and Trary out there. None like, that's good. None that's none that's good. <laughs> um. So we uh, we cobbled together like the few references of like art we thought was good and like sent this fucking insane message to this <laughs> to this young man like hi we saw your we saw your art of Jerlaxel will you draw one of Artemis and he was like so good natured he was like hi I don't really know who Artemis is um I just uh I drew Jerlaxel because he was showed up in our D&D campaign and I was like, ah, that explains it because uh, his Jarlaxle had cat ears and a tail, which I imagine is just because he exudes such cat boy energy. And then the DM wasn't like, well, I never said, I never said he wasn't a cat boy. And we talk about Bobbert Salvo's inherent romanticism of the cat boy. Yeah. And sexual straight men blunder into the archetype of the cat boy. Of the cat boy. Um, so we wound up, we wound up, um, Purchasing a commission of Artemis from him and as well as buying the Jarlaxle print too. And they are hanging above our mantle. They are. Lovingly place. mounted above your mantle. Yes. Yeah. Over over the fire. So we Fireplace. can so we can look at them every single day. Um that and like that has generated so much joy for us in the past year. Like just being really into these characters, reading fanfiction again for the first time in almost 10 years for me. Uh, getting to talk to you, which is very cool, and getting to become friends. Um, literally how we're decorating our house, what insane shit we have up on our, like, it's not a mood board, what is it? Just our cork board? Cork board, yeah. Um, Just the mer- like where we put our merch, like our pins and stickers and shit. Yeah, like our house is a reflection of these of these things that we we really care about, and yet the source material is garbage. It's, it's so funny because the other, <laughs> the, other, the other main place that I am online in is... Um, the a discord server for a podcast which has now ended post game of thrones by my dear friends brooks and eddie um we're all just a bunch of assholes who um like the song of ice and fire books but didn't like the tv show and uh so they made a podcast about it and uh that was like six years ago and our the server is still going strong and we still like like all hang out together and do shit together and uh they're they're all like my dear friends and so it is Every Again, day. it is just so funny that it's it's so funny that like media, even media that you just hate can like can get you places online. Your your Song of Ice and Fire friends are so lucky that they chose a take that has proven to be evergreen. Yes. Yeah. It's, they're- it's so it's so funny listening to their season eight episodes and hearing them be like, now the reviews for this one. They're starting to dip a little bit, and then it gets to season five, like, and Danny goes sicko mode, and they're like, they just open the show with like, so first of all, we were right. (laughs) (laughs) We we shall now pretend not to see it. Yeah. (laughs) We've been right the whole time. So jot that down. (laughs) Anyway, my my end of this whole thing is that y'all reached out to me on Twitter, and uh, I was desperate for human interaction because it's the pandemic times. Yes. And, oh, um, yeah. Oh, that's thank- how we got you. <laughs> yeah, that's how you got me. That's how you got me. Um, that, that's, I- how, that's, how Nora, that's how Nora got me out in the middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> and that's how we got you. Like you said, it takes gonna- two years and 180 different steps, but it works out in the end. 
You're going to have me moving down to the desert next, down to the Midwest. I won't say exactly where you live. I, I, look, I'll take you both back up to the Midwest. You you guys do. I mean, I, I like, I sincerely would love to sit on a deck and have a drink and chat with you and your partner or your friends. And like, how, like, I, I don't even, I don't even liked my old coworkers that much. And this is all because we liked one of your fan fictions and started chatting and it which i were good by the way started writing like seven years ago or something like that so this is an extremely compelling reason why you should never be ashamed of your old shit and never delete it from the internet this is why conservation of media on the internet is uh is critical to our society and our relationships and that's why why i'm never taking down the adventure zone porn that i wrote in 2016 i'm so glad that and also if anybody invents a time machine can we borrow it so we can ask evan of seven years ago where the plot was going on a really good long form one that's unfinished because i would personally love to see that uh it is not impossible that i will return to that one Uh, I'm not making any promises, but it's, uh, I have much more written than is published, but it's the, it's the connective tissue that needs to be like finished. Right. I have an end, but, uh, it's the stuff in the, it's the stuff in the middle that doesn't exist. Uh, maybe I can send you the random loose snippets someday if you want uh, nora is nora's flipping her <laughs> lid right now <laughs> hell yeah absolutely uh remember if you're writing if you're you're writing something and like you don't know who could possibly like this there's one psycho out there at least there there really is there are a couple of desert psychopaths who will track you the fuck down or who are simply rooting for you and will leave you alone if you make it clear that you don't want to be contacted <laughs> yeah there's uh there, there's one guy who you'll meet in your freshman year of college who's going to be really stoked about the Yu Yu Show fan fiction you wrote oh, what was the, what, <laughs> what was the shit by the way was it Hiei Karama no it was uh Yusuke Karama Ooh. Rare, uh, rare pair king, yeah. This is this was uh, my this was you, my you would, Legend of Fist like angle too. Is he a tough boy? Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. We gotta watch Yu Yu Hakusho. Okay. I mean, I've watched it. Yu Yu Hakusho is good, actually. I'm gonna it start is. a sub a sub podcast. Yu Yu Hakusho is good. Yu Yu Hakusho was the first anime I ever watched. It was on Toonami when I was a tiny child. My, oh my! Yes, my brother and I would. Uh, my brother and I would make popcorn and sit down. It was like required viewing every week. I took one look at Ryoko from Tenchi Muyo, and I was like, "All right, I I kind of see where some stuff is going. I get I get this. I'm gonna." Okay. I'm going to tell you guys a story of 11-year-old Evan. Uh, I had... Please. I had appendicitis. Uh, It was in the summer sometime when I was 11 years old. Uh, Woke up up with with horrifying stomach pain. Had to go to emergency surgery that same day. And um, I was in the hospital, uh, like, waiting for several hours for them to be able to, like, take me into surgery. And Yu Yu Hakusho came on, I forget what day it came on, but it was a day that an, a new episode of Yu Yu Hakusho was coming out. Mm-hmm. And I was there in the hospital, like miserable, like just sort of sitting. I'd been there for like four or five hours, just like sitting, waiting for like a surgeon to be ready to hurriedly take my appendix out. Uh, and the like the Yu Yu Hakusho theme came on and I was like, ah, yes. At least I'll get to watch Yu Yu Hakusho as I'm lying here in pain in the hospital doing nothing. Uh, and at that very moment, a nurse came in and was like, okay, we can accommodate you in, uh, like, in th- whatever the surgery room is called now. So we're going to go ahead. And I was like, can I, no. can I watch? I was 11. I was like, can I watch my show first? <laughs> and they were like, no, you, you have to go Your to emergency surgery. Explode, yeah. The only reason you've waited this long is because we literally didn't have a surgeon available. So you have to go to surgery now. Um, I have to watch my boys punch yeah. each other. It's important. It was a dark tournament arc. Uh, oh, that come na- on! Yeah. 
That night, though, uh, I couldn't sleep, obviously, after after having had surgery. I was on a, a ton of pain meds, and uh, I watched Adult Swim for the first time that night in the hospital and saw um, Inuyasha for the first time ever. So that, that Oh, what's up? Yeah, that was my... That was my on-ramp into fandom, really. I didn't have a fan community at the time, but Yu Yu Hakusho and then, to a lesser extent, Inuyasha were how I became a nerd, essentially. That's fantastic. That rules. Fan Fiction is Good Actually is part of Where They May Radio, a small family of podcasters just doing our best. You can keep up with Fan Fiction is Good Actually on Twitter at fanficisgoodpod, and you can reach Evan via email at fanficisgood at gmail.com. For bonus content, including bonus episodes, visit patreon.com slash wtmradio. Where They May Radio.